is an awesome, awesome God. He is an awesome, awesome God. I do want to say thank you to Brother and Sister Ford for allowing me to be here on All Nations Sunday. I love All Nations Sunday. It's probably one of the only Sundays I can feel at home wherever I'm at. Because as a missionary kid and a church planner's kid and all sorts of different kinds of kid, it's hard to identify with a certain place or country. Or, uh, But it's kind of like the church. No matter where you're from, this is home. Amen. Amen. No matter where we go, the presence of the Lord is where I feel at home. And I feel that so strong in this place this morning. We're going to be turning to 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 1. 1 Peter chapter 2 in verse 1. I really do feel like God has spoken to me for this service. Uh, He's thrown me for a loop a few times in preparation for it. Uh, But I've received confirmation multiple times about what I'm going to speak to you. It's it's not the, the go happy, just super encouraging sermon that in the end maybe it will be that I was really wanting, you know. It's one of those those hard things. But I believe there are some people under the sound of my voice here this morning that are going through some hard things. I believe God's going to bring some clarity to some things in your life that you are unsure of, that don't make sense. Here this morning, it's also good to see Brother Knight. Met met us in the parking lot. Always just good to see him. Amna in the back. Thank you guys for being so awesome. 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile, and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. Reminds me of the psalmist when he said, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I believe some of us could regain appetite of what God's done for us. Here this morning it says, That ye may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Oh, taste and see to whom coming as unto a living stone. Everybody say living stone. Not like the explorer with the hat, living stone. You guys remember? Some of you got it, some of you didn't. It's going to be all right. As a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. And verse 5, it says, Ye also, as lively stones. And everybody say lively stones. Justin, why don't you show me the lively stone? You can go ahead and bring that all up and just put it on the table. We got a stone. <laughs> Y'all pray for him. We're going to try to make it all the way back to Indianapolis sometime tonight. And he's I told him he's driving. He's, I love Justin Root. But verse 5, Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house takes more than one stone to build a house and a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ if I want to be anything to him I want to be acceptable 
And this morning, if you'll allow me just for the next few moments, I don't think I'm going to be too long. I want to preach to you from this sermon title, When Pain Meets Purpose. When Pain Meets Purpose. I believe over the next few moments, if you would allow the Lord, that the pain you came in here with, the things you came in here with, what you've been facing, that doesn't make any sense. You can say, God, I put it on your table so that you can bring purpose to my pain. You can bring purpose to what I'm dealing with in the situations that I'm in. Come on, if you want that here this morning, I'm going to encourage you. Why don't we lift our hands all across this place? God, I want to be open to what you have for me this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us. I pray, Lord, that your word, your word would be made sure this morning and that your anointing would be upon the preached word of God. Lord, speak to us. Let every heart and every mind be open to what you have to say. I pray that no person under the sound of my voice, including myself, would leave here the same way we came in. But God, I want to leave here with a greater understanding of what is in my life. A greater understanding of what you have for me. But a greater love for who you are. Come on, why don't we clap our hands to him right now. Come on, why don't we clap our hands a little louder this morning. Come on, if he has been good to you. If he has been gracious to you, if he has been lovely to you, he is my way maker. Come on, he is my way maker, my promise keeper. I give him all glory and honor this morning. Hallelujah. Look to somebody around you and say, my pain is going to meet purpose. And if you love Jesus, you can, you can be seated. If you don't, we're going to work on you. You can still be seated. You see, there, there was this, this sculptor, very well known, very, very well known. In fact, people back in the day would come to meet him from all over the world. Whenever word would get out that he was about to release a sculpture that he had worked on and carved and chiseled and, and spent so much time on, whenever that time would come near, people would get on boats and cross seas and oceans just to see what he would create. And there was one guy that he was the biggest fan. He was the biggest fan. If this was a football game, he was the one with the face paint and the paint places. I mean, just... It, that guy that was just way too much. And it was of sculptures. But he was the biggest fan of this sculptor. And he decided that he would follow him and go to every release of every sculpture so that he might have a chance of one day asking him a question. A simple question. And one day he, he finds a sculptor. They're about to release it. They uh, they have this big build-up party and everything. They release it. It is absolutely beautiful and gorgeous. You could tell thousands of hours had been put into chiseling away and smoothing out this stone that had been just, it, it was just a rock at one point. And he finds the sculptor afterwards and he goes, Sir, i got to ask you a question. And I can relate. I'm the type of guy that has a lot of questions. Questions are good. Questions help you understand. Um, and so he, he asks him this question. He goes, how 
do you create such a beautiful masterpiece? How do you create something so incredible that's so beautiful? And the sculptor, he goes, you've got it all wrong, man. You've got it all wrong. He's like, what do you mean I got it all wrong? I've seen you do this so many times. You create something so powerful. And the sculptor, he looked this man in the eyes and he goes, I'm not creating anything. And he said, sir, what you don't understand is the masterpiece was always there. The masterpiece was always hidden in the stone. My job was just to uncover it. My job was just to to show the world what was in that stone. My job was to bring purpose that was always there. But it required some pain. You see, some of us are right there. Some of us are dealing with things and issues that, that it just doesn't make sense why we are the way we are, why, and things begin to happen. We started coming to church. We started to let God do things in our life, but it hurts. You see, the portion of Scripture that we read, we find that this lively stone thing, Lively stone, I'm about to show you four years of Bible college. Here you go, you ready? Brother Knight, you know about all this. Four years of studying into one moment. This is going to get deep. Hope you brought your shovels. Lively stone, the, the typical original word used for stone is petros. Are we following so far? Okay, good, good. This is going to get deep. You ready? And the original, you know, Greek word for stone, petros, that was typically used in most situations where stones is referred to. And in the original Greek, what it literally means is rock. That's deep. Goliath taught me that. David taught him that. It only took one try to get it in his head. I appreciate the one that it's okay to laugh, guys. It's all right. We're, we're slowing down for this one. But it just means rock. And it doesn't really have any purpose. doesn't really have any. It hasn't been formed. It hasn't been. Uh, there's not much to it. But here in 1 Peter chapter 2, ye also as lively stones... This portion where it uses the word stones, lively stones, the, the word used is lithos. And a lithos stone, a, a stone that is a lively stone, it is one that has been put on a craftsman's table. It is one that has been put at a place where it is going to be chiseled away at. It is going to be put through some things. It is going to be weathered for a season so that it can have purpose. 
The whole point of this lithos, this lively stone, is so that at one point in time it can be used to build up a house. Could it be that God wants you to to go from being a stone, a rock, sitting on the wayside, not having any purpose, not having any power, not having anything in it of yourself that, that really brings anything to this house? And he's saying, if you would just put yourself on the craftsman's table. Some of you are like, I'm... I'm already there, and that's what doesn't make sense. It just hurts. (laughs) Because God, God does things in ways we just don't understand sometimes. Amen. God will bring you through things. We could go around, we could pass the microphone, or I'm only 21 years old young. Old young, yeah. I, I don't have the stories Most of us here do. I don't have the testimony most of us here do. But I can still understand that it took putting myself on the craftsman's table. I still understood that it took taking my pain and placing it on his table so that he could provide and produce purpose out of it. It takes saying, God, I am going to let you do in me. We're so confused sometimes with the thought of God. God is just a God that gives. That gives, gives. He has all power in his hands. He is the God that gives. But he is also the God that takes away. He is also the God that takes away. He is the God that can take you out of a situation that makes so much sense can take you out of your comfort to a place of pain where you're sitting there being being hammered and chiseled and, and things are flying off and you're losing things of your life that you thought you needed and all the while he's saying, I'm just trying to reveal the sculpture. I'm just trying to show you what I have for you. Well, is this in the Bible? We just read about the lively stone, that it's trying to be formed, and we're going to get to the rest of that portion of Scripture here in a moment. But Joseph, I met a Joseph. Brother Joe, is he in here? Yes. Good to meet you. Michigan? Uh, I left out that I'm an Ohio State fan, so I'm sorry about that. Oh. But Joseph, we know the story in the Bible. And I'm just going to kind of, what God's spoken to me, I was reading through that whole story recently. You see, God brought Joseph from the pit to the palace. God, God brought Joseph from a place of pain to a place of purpose. And you see, if you look at his life, I mean, Joseph, he was the favorite child. He was the one that was loved by his father. The brothers, they hated him. They hated him. Why? Because he was different. Why? Because he had a relationship with his father. 
And this is all I'm going to say. And I, I heard Brother Victor Jackson preach on this once. And he mentioned Joseph and he said, you know, Joseph's coat of color, of many colors, is evidence of? It's evidence, yes, of his father's love, what I just heard. But it's evidence that whenever you have relationship with your father, you begin to dress differently. Whenever you have relationship with your father, it begins to change how you present yourself. Whenever you have relationship with your father, you see, you see, God could trust Joseph in the pit. <laughs> because Joseph trusted him in the pit. And whenever you trust God in the pit, he will trust you in the palace. Whenever you trust Whenever you trust God with where you're at, whenever you trust God with the pain you're dealing with, he's saying, I am well on my way to sending you purpose. I may have to take you away from your father. I may have to take you away from what you thought was your purpose and put pain into your life and provide loneliness into your life and perhaps depression. He'll allow things to come into your life that hurt so that he can provide purpose. From the pit to the palace, we're just not willing to endure the pit. Sometimes we're just not willing to trust him when we're pitiful so that he can trust us when we're powerful. Pun intended. Because it takes, a, uh, it takes a moment of being humble and understanding I don't have it under control. Understanding that God has a purpose for this pain I'm feeling, but I cannot control it. I can't be the one that, that has it all in my hands. <laughs> Look at Lot. <laughs> him and Abraham they're sitting there having this conversation who's going to this town's not big enough for the two of us who's going to take what and, and Lot he, he chooses to take control and, and make the decision over his elder and yet it says that, that Lot chose to pitch his tents towards Sodom 18 verses later we find him in Sodom that what you're looking at in your position, your posture will determine your position. Uh, your pain that you're dealing with now, how you deal with that will determine where you are tomorrow. I don't know who this is for. I don't know who we're trying to speak to today, but there needs to be an understanding that God has a purpose for what you're going through. You may feel like you are in the pit, and God's saying, I have purpose for this. Just hold on. Just hold on. It's a very simple, it's a very simple message that there is purpose in what you're going through. <laughs> Mentioned the woman at the well earlier. You see, the woman at the well is one of my favorite Bible story characters. Why? Because she came broken but presented herself whole. She came broken but presented herself as something that she had it all together. You know, she came with that water pot. 
We do it every Sunday sometimes. You see, she was broken because of her past. Society even looked at her as the bottom. And yet Jesus meets her at a well. Jesus goes out of his way to meet her at a well. Anytime Jesus goes out of his way, something's going to happen. A decision's got to be made. (laughs) And you see, she goes down... And just like she had done so many other times, every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Tuesday night prayer, she she brings her water pot, the means by which she had so many times brought to sustain her flesh. Her means by which to cope with the pain. And when I say pain, I'm being kind of general this morning because you know what you're dealing with. You know what hurts. You know what you can't really find the purpose of. But you see, she comes to the well. She's got the water pot in her hand. And Jesus offers something she had never tasted of before. Something that wasn't temporary. Something that wasn't just going to fulfill her flesh, but was going to fulfill her spirit. Something that was going to bring wholeness to the brokenness that she had never felt before. Why? Because she was a stone sitting on the wayside that had been stepped on, that had been beaten, that had been bruised, that had gone from relationship to relationship to relationship, and yet still, no purpose. But the Bible says, and I'm telling you about the woman with the water pot, before I can tell you about the woman without the water pot. Because in my mind, I picture that well as an altar. Where she met Jesus. (laughs) You know, Joseph chose to forgive his brothers. I'm going to come back to... He chose to forgive his brothers so that he could provide for them. And the pain that you're dealing with, you may have to forgive some people. You may have to... You may have to open yourself up to forgiving them so that you can provide for them. Though they may have hurt you. Though they may... The woman at the well, she had how many husbands? And she had to put herself at a place where perhaps she was willing to forgive them. Well, how can I for I can't forgive them. <laughs> from the pit to the palace, God came from heaven to earth so that you could be forgiven. He endured pain so that you could have purpose. But you see, she, she came with that means to sustain her flesh. And then she goes, <laughs> meets Jesus, has this great conversation, and finds this well that never runs dry. And then it says that she left her water pot at the well. What held her pain. 
she left where she found purpose. I don't know what you need to hand over to God this morning. I don't know what you've used to cope with the pain. I don't know what you've used to sustain your flesh. But it's time to leave that water pot at the well. Why? Because she went into the city. And she told all the men of that city and they came to the well. The discipleship that some of us heard about this morning, you are not going to experience until you put yourself on the craftsman's table and allow him to remove some things so that he can provide purpose in your life. You guys still with me? Lively stones. Lively stones. I want to be everything that God has called me to be. I want to be exactly what he wants me to be. Not just partially. I don't want to be the one that bears my pain. But yet tries to operate in part of my purpose. You know... God is saying today, I want every part of you, the broken pieces, the broken places, the things that no one else knows about that you've been dealing with for far too long. He's saying, I've come to make that whole. And God cannot provide your wholeness until you give him your brokenness. It's something that sometimes is a really hard lesson to learn. A really hard lesson to learn. Because God, I'm just a rock, a stone. Uh, I'm ugly. I'm talking about me, not any of you. I look like a lot of other people. I'm bruised, I'm beaten. What what could you do with me? How could you use me in this pit? How can you find purpose in the things that I've done, the places I've been, the sin that I've found myself engulfed in? You need to understand that through the power of the cross... Through the power of the cross. When it comes down to it, that's why we're here. Because of the power of the cross. But through the power of the cross, God has given you the opportunity to not be defined by your past, but by His power. To not be defined by the things you've done, the places you've been, the things you've dealt with, but by His power. By His power. Pain. (laughs) Our Savior knows pain more and and, and better than any of us. (laughs) And He wants us to understand that. I had big plans of getting all 
I, I call it my, my Midwest Southern preacher, where I just yell, spit, and holler, and get all excited. I understand that I'm home and in New England, and we're very calm and collected, except for at this church, because y'all have church, hallelujah. But Jesus was manifest in the flesh. He endured years of (laughs) being tempted. And it comes down to, to Jesus being faithful. Jesus fulfilling the purpose that he had up until that point that he knew of. And then knowing that the purpose he had was to suffer for you and I. With nails in his hands and in his feet, a crown of thorns upon his head, he thought of your pain. But yet we read where it says, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? So it's okay for you to feel that way every once in a while. It's okay for you to feel (laughs) like the world is on your shoulders. It says the Spirit of God departed from Him. And and that's where the sacrifice was made for you and I. (laughs) And then you're like, well, the Spirit of God departed from me. And I'm all alone on a cross. But Jesus paid that price for you. For Joseph, his pain found purpose in a pit. It didn't start at the palace. It started in a pit. For you and I, it might be found in a prayer closet. I would sure hope that it would. It might be found in a pew. For some young preachers and even pastors, sometimes it's found behind a pulpit. But your pain must find its purpose. Because if your pain does not find its purpose, you are automatically giving the enemy credit for what God is trying to do in your life. If you'd all stand with me, we're... We're going to try to bring this all together here in a moment. The rest of this scripture in 1 Peter chapter 2, we read of the lively stone. We read of, you know, ye also as lively stones built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices and so on and so forth. Well, verse 9, we love verse 9. But you cannot have verse 9 without verse 1 through 5. You cannot have verse 9 without the process of becoming a lively stone. In verse 9, it reads, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, 
which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. You want to find purpose in your pain, obtain his mercy. You want to find purpose in what you're going through, obtain his mercy. But what I love, and perhaps this might feel a little unconventional because it's been so calm and collected and we're about to stand and we're about to go eat a bunch of really amazing food. It's, it, you guys should have my perspective, okay? Because it's... But with the understanding of becoming a lively stone, of putting yourself on the craftsman's table so he can take away whatever he needs to, that's between you and God. It says, ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Before we come to this altar, I think it would be appropriate if we obeyed the scripture. That ye should show forth praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That ye should show forth praises to him that ye should show forth praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into your marvelous light. That ye should show forth praises. Come on, somebody, why don't you just show forth praises to him right now? I understand the pain that I'm in. I understand what I'm dealing with. But God, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to worship you because you're making me a lively stone. You're making me into who you've called me to be. You're making me who you've called me to be. I praise you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I magnify you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask this morning that as many of us can would come to this altar. I'm going to give instruction here in a moment, but I'm just going to ask that we would come out of our seats, out of our pews, and just come to this altar. Because I believe God wants to do something not just individually in all of us, but as a church. Because understanding that this lively stone that God has asked us to be, putting ourselves on the craftsman's table, letting him take away what he needs to take away, <laughs> letting him have our pain so that we can meet the purpose of that pain. It says, are built up a spiritual house. I believe God has formed this church, Lighthouse Tabernacle, to be the cornerstone of this community. But it's going to require building a spiritual house in this church. That each and every one of us can be the stone that is a part of building the structure of this church. God has a place for you. God has a purpose for you. If you would just endure the pain a little longer. Endure where you're at just a little bit longer. God's saying, I want to build this church. 
God saying, I want you to be a spiritual house built up in this community so that I can use you. It's not just about us, but it's about those outside of the walls of this church. That all nations, every tribe and tongue would be a part of building this spiritual house. That unity would spring up amidst pain. God, I'm not going to let my brother suffer in what he's in. I'm not going to let my sister suffer in what they're in. But we're on the craftsman's table together. That he can take away whatever he desires. He can work on us however he desires. Come on, if you desire that here this morning, I'm going to ask you to lift your hands and lift your voice. And we're going to begin to cry out to the Lord. Placing our complete trust in Him. Not just individually. Yes, that must happen first. But as a church, as a people, saying, God, You are going to form us into who You've called us to be. Because my pit has purpose. There's a palace coming.